Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes Movement podcast with Heather and John. Hi, Heather. How's it going today? It's going amazing. I'm so happy to be here. We're going to continue our amazing conversation about communication, but let's let's not talk about what we talked about on Monday because that was a poopy conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it was interesting. People were listening to it. People like poop emojis, right? So it's uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would invite you to go check it out. There's a lot of good information in there. And you might be wondering, why would you talk about poop first thing on a Monday? Uh, it has nothing to do with poop. It's poop emojis. So let's just get that clear and straight. Let's get that out of the way. But it's really around communication. And, and really, that's our theme this week. I think it's incredibly important to focus on communication, doing communication right, because we have seen, and as we saw on Monday, communication doesn't always come across effectively. That's and, right. you know, it does a lot of, so good communication does great things, bad communication does really bad things as well. So what I want to dive into are moments of, you know, have you had a moment, Heather, where bad communication impacted you in a bad, not so good way? You know, the, and we, we talked about this on Monday, but it's so important that people understand that when you don't give enough information, when you mm. share minimal information or you only share it once or in one format, so maybe you just send an email or you just tell one leader and then let it cascade, what happens is our brains, human brains, and every, every human does this, fills in the blanks and makes it about them. And when you make it about them, it, when, when, when we make it about ourselves, we fill it in with some of our worst fears. And so imagine, you know, there's someone that's left the organization. Let's say that's the scenario. And you mm. get an email that says, you know, this person is no longer with the organization. What happens is the first response that humans have is, what does this mean for me? And you know, then if their fear is perhaps job loss, then like, who's next? Are they going to come down to the next layer? What's going to happen? Who's going to be my new boss? And they make it about themselves. And this is a phenomenon that happens every single time. So the best way to combat that is to make sure that you give enough information that they can't fill it in with their worst fears. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, you know, I've been through several, several of those scenarios where, um, especially on big exits, right? Like when they're not just one person, like I've been, and I, I think I shared part of my story back in 2009, um, my whole department got let go, right? We got, uh, you know, we brought in insourcers and, you know, communication was key. You know, one of the key lessons I learned through that whole experience was just staying in constant contact with everybody on the team. Yeah. And what was even more, you know, it's interesting that you talk about this because I'm going to be talking about this next week in the workshop. You know, throughout that experience, the one thing I learned is just being candid with everybody, being transparent mm -hmm. in terms of this is what's happening. And can I tell you, like, we found out in March that our whole department was going to be essentially, I'm not going to say wiped out, but we were going to be, no longer part of the organization. And we had the best, I think it's six, seven months ever. Like we were outperforming ourselves. We were rocking it. Like our stats, our numbers were the best that they'd ever been. And it all came from just effective communication, being transparent and just being open with everybody in terms of what was actually happening. 
that's that, you know the other that's amazing john because that's not the normal behavior that is not uh, 100%, no because i would walk around the building because we weren't the only department uh, department affected in all of this and i would see people sitting at their desk tuned out from the work applying to roles to, you know cleaning up resumes like it was it was funny to see that in other bits and pieces of you know were the area that i worked in and what i found is you know I also made a personal guarantee to everybody on my team. And, you know, the personal guarantee was, listen, you put in a hundred percent, you, if you get to the point where I don't have to worry about you and the performance, I can go look for opportunities for you. Mm. And that's exactly what happened, right? Like I brought everybody into a room one by one and I had this conversation with them and I said, look, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going to promise you. I'll find you an opportunity, but I need you to be here 110% every single day. And as long as you're doing that, I don't have to worry about the day-to-day. I can go find those opportunities for you. And that's exactly what I did, right? That is a unique leadership (laughs) story. I've never heard anything like that. But think about that and think about the the trust that you built with your team by saying that. And you're actually, you, you're, you're combating one of their worst fears, right? Because when, when, when companies like go of full departments like that, it's not because they don't need the department. It's because there's another uh, e- economic reason that it's going to be done. And the work is still valuable, but it just isn't on the essentials list. And, you know, it's like, mm. it's, it's got to be on the essentials list. And yeah. so, People go through this grief process of, wait a minute, I'm not valuable. And it's actually not about that. But what you did in that scenario is you said you are valuable and so valuable that someone can't wait to hire you. And I'm going to go make sure that they know who you are because it's so much easier to have a leader talk about your leadership skills to someone else and then try to make that match up. So, John, like that is that is the most fantastic story I've heard all week. Like that is, I love, love, love this story. So I don't know if you're looking at the the comments here, but Joanne was a part of that. She saw it. She lived through that with us. Right. Um, And she's actually, she's saying, yes, I was a part of that. And and although I was a new member of the team and your leadership along with other team leads was key. Right. So thank you, Joanne. It's so great to have you here. Uh, you know, I tell this story and people are like, is that true? Like, did that really happen? And, you know, it's so great to just have somebody pop in who was a part of that experience to say, yes, it really happened. Uh, good morning, Gudjan. Um, You know, and here's the part of the story that I love. This is my favorite part of the story. So because everybody delivered, everybody like just rocked it, right? Like we were winning customer service awards. So it was funny because we were pulled into one of these, you know, forums, uh, you know, in, in big organizations, you have these town halls, these forums, and we were handed a customer service award for excellent customer service in July. Like, this is how well we were performing. The whole team received these awards, right? And I, and I remember I was standing next to um, the um, uh, CTO at the time, the chief technology officer, and he looked at me and, you know, behind the mic, he's like, like, what's happening? Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, what, you know, how are you getting here? Right. And I looked at him, I said, we're just here to, to provide service to, you know, our end users. We're making sure our number one priority is making sure that everybody's looked after. And, you know, he just, he had this look like, man, I think I made a mistake. Right. Like, and that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be at that level. And it wasn't me. Like I, you know, yes, I, I provided support, but 
you know, it was the team that really did the work. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, every, and sir, the best part of the story, 100% of people had opportunities to go to. Wow. And every, almost everybody went to something better, right? So people stayed internally, people went externally. It, it was amazing because everybody, you know, from a certainty perspective, everybody's looking for certainty in terms of what's going to happen next. And what happened in that situation is everybody had something to go to. Wow. And it was their choice on whether or not they wanted to accept the roles, right? Like yeah, there, yeah. there was a bunch of other things that became the catalyst for my book, you know, the zero to hired, you know, how to successfully break through the interview process. It was that, you know, 2009, that year was the year that just, it made me like, I could have looked at this as something as, you know, this could have been a really bad situation, but it became one of the best situations of my life, right? You know, we talk about reframing all the time. And that was like the best year ever. It's <laughs> like, yes, wow. you know, your whole department's being like, oh, yes, yes, it's the best year ever. It wasn't, it didn't feel like that at the end, right? It's no, always, it never like, feels like, like that at the time. Yes. No, right. But now that I'm here and, you know, now it's more than a decade later, it's just, it's crazy in terms of what you can do when you just put yourself into, you know, we talk about communication, but also into the service of others. And I know that's one of the areas that we're incredibly passionate about is making sure that the people that we're, we're connecting with are being served in a really big way. It's part of our mission, right? Like we're, we're here to, to impact a million people this year to get them to the point where they say yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I love about this story, John? I mean, there's a million things I love about this story, but one of the things that I heard you say is the focus was still on the customer. And you said, we're mm. going to do our best. We're, this is our brand and who we stand for. And even though we're not going to be in this department anymore, serving our customers in this way, we're going to do this right till the end of, of, of the time that we're doing it. And that is clearly articulating who you are going to stand for, who you're going to stand in. And it gives the team a purpose and something to rally around. And those are the key, like special sauce ingredients to leadership, whether you're in a turmoil situation or not, that North Star, what are we here to do? How are we going to step into the best version of ourselves? And how are we going to do it together? And people rallied, rallied behind you because you were so clearly articulating what it was that you were going to do and how you were going to do it. There was no noise. There, there was noise around like our, our, the safety and security, but there was no other noise. This is what we stand for. So, you know, that is an amazing story in terms of the stress levels that it must have been for the team. And then you just helped take it to take it down 10 notches and said, I've got you, I've got you, you focus on this and I'll focus on that. And they trusted you. And I mean, Joanne, thank you for stepping in and, and, and sharing this, but you know, Joanne's still following you 10 years later and listening to your stories, John, and she's loving that this is uh, a story that's getting shared. So I, I can't believe I've never heard this story, John. That's the crazy part. So I'm with Helen. Helen's saying you need to share this more broadly. It's a phenomenal story. And it really, really is. And it's happening more and more in the marketplace. We hear all of these layoffs that are happening in these big tech companies. And you know, the they're those people are are lost right now. They're lost because they don't know 
what to do next and they don't have someone to take them under their wing. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a leader that has to make cuts or you're going to get cut yourself, think about what do you stand for? How do you stand for that? And how do you rally your team together so that their identity is not crushed through this process, but is actually uplifted and they're, they stand in their strengths because they will be the ones that get those next jobs. And like you said, John, they'll be better. They'll be better off for this. Yeah. Yeah, well, they will be better. And it's been it's been interesting because I've been following people's careers. You know, I've always stayed connected with my teams, right? And um, and the people that I, I've worked with on my teams. And it's just been interesting to see the growth that they've experienced. So, it, you know, it takes one experience to be the catalyst for something bigger and better. And, you know, as I've been following people, now they're into senior leader roles inside of other organizations, some of them within the that particular organization. So it's just been amazing to see what happens, the growth, right? Like it just, you know, at the time you, you, you kind of feel, especially, you know, when you're trying to communicate this, like how do I communicate this well, right? Like how do I communicate this in a way that's going to, and I'm going to use this word, express love to the people that I'm working with, mm. right? Because really that's what it came down to, right? Like it, it came down to, I, I just, like I want to be sensitive. I want to be empathetic in terms of what's happening here. But I also want to do it from a place of love so they know that they're being looked after. Like you just want to nurture those relationships. You want to make sure that you're nurturing that growth and progression. And those folks have gone on, right? And every once in a while it happens, you know, Joanne, you popped in today and, and thank you for that. But every once in a while I get a message from somebody to say, hey, you know what? You were instrumental at that time. And in terms of what happened, and, I'm, you know, I'm at a point now your leadership provided some guidance that I didn't think I had that I needed. And it's like when I hear those things, it's like oh, it I love just it. Blows me away, right? Like it's I just love it's it. so crazy. It's so and, crazy. and this is this is a perfect example of you know leaders when they when they're clear and articulate in their communication, their their words stick with people. And I bet you you've heard this, John. You know, sometimes I hear you in my head. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten that feedback as well because I'm clearly giving a message specific to a person and what they need to hear the most. And so actually I was just talking to uh, uh, one of my old coworkers this morning on text and and she actually messaged that she's going to take some courses and she's going to fill in some blanks and and I, I just sent her a text back. I'm like, can you stop telling that bullshit story to yourself? And, you know, her re response and, and this bullshit story is she needs to get more credentials. And I'm like, no, no, no. You are really good at what you do. So, like, my text was not... Um, it was not friendly. It was like right to the point. And guess what her response back? I love you, Heather. Like, like I love, <laughs> I love who you are as a leader. And, and so, you know, we have to be uh, building those relationships so that we can be really, really quick with our responses quick in terms of like, no, that's not a true story. You're telling yourself not a true story. And let me help you be the leader that I see in you. I see yeah. this other leader and you're amazing. So as leaders, that's our job to not talk to the person that's in front of us feeling scared or timid or uh, shy or any of the things, but the future leader that they're going to become when they step into their shoes. So when I'm talking to someone in front of me, I'm actually talking to their future self that's already done all the things that they're scared of right now. And that's a yeah. unique perspective to take as a leader. Because if you talk to the person, you're going to coddle them. Like the person's feeling fearful or, or any of the emotions, 
if you talk to that person, it's going to sound like a coddle, like it's okay, don't worry. This is not the things that they need to hear. What they need to hear is what do you see as their strengths and how do you get them to step in? And that's exactly what you did, John. That is fantastic. I have yeah. a... I have a similar story, but it's it's a quite old story, but it, 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 it sparked it to me. I used to be in process improvement and my job was literally I'd get a year to fix a massive process and then I would dismantle the team and then I would go on to another process improvement. And so if you worked for me, job security was like not there at all because the dismantling meant that I had to go find people other jobs or I had to bring new talent on the team to solve the next problem. And I did this for seven years, just, just on a circular motion of, of process improvement. And what happened was I would do similar to you, John, I would share with the team, all right, we are going to like this project is going to be done in nine months, not 12 months, even though it was probably an 18 month project, we're going to kill it. And, and we're going to kill it so much that like we're all going to be ready for the next pro process improvement. And we were, I would actually have people on the lookout for what are we going to fix next? Because I wanted to have choice of what I could actually fix in the organization. And, you know, the job security was zero on my team because we were going to finish the project and then we were going to move on. But I said, if we step into the best versions of ourselves and do this in record time and record, uh, you know, excellence, we will have the next problem come to us. And, and it showed up every single time. This this job actually was way longer than I wanted it to be because it ended up being eight years. And I thought every nine months it would, it would close for me. And my team stuck with me. So sometimes people would leave because I needed a different talent. And then they'd come back. I'd bring them back on the team for the next project. And it was, it was amazing to see that people stood beside me because of the story that I told, because of the... Uh, you know, the vision that I gave them and they wanted to be part of the solution. They were so excited to find problems and bring them to me so that, you know, like, Heather, do you think this is big enough for us to solve? I'm like, no, we're going to go bigger than that. That's a bigger, there's a bigger problem out there that we're going to solve. So it was really, really phenomenal. But I, I was a young leader at the time and I wasn't sure why people were sticking with me. I'm like, why are they like, this is a scary place to be, but they were sticking with me because I had a vision and I was telling them we're going to solve even bigger problems next time. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Well, and so, but you know, the key thing to all of that is communicating and it's almost like you need to be repetitive with that vision. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like we did, you know, two weeks ago with recommitment week, you have to recommit to that vision on a regular basis. Because when you're doing that, that's when you're, you're kind of bringing it up to the forefront to say, hey, this is our vision. This is what we need to do. And then that constant communication to say, hey, this is our vision. Are we doing the things that we need to do that align with that vision? And that also ties back to our goals, right? In terms of what we want to do for ourselves for 2023, you know, are you doing the things that are lining up to that vision of yourself mm -hmm. in the future, right? Are you making decisions that align with the vision that you want for you? And, you know, it's so easy to fall off track. You know, it only takes a week or two to fall off track or to lose sight of that overall vision. This is mm -hmm. why I love to have my vision written on my board. And I'm looking to the, to the well, to my left and it looks like you're right. Um, because I can see what that looks like. And I know mm -hmm. what I need to do every day, even if it's just baby steps. Even if it's just baby steps, work towards that bigger vision. Right. Wow. And that's what we do with our teams, right? Especially in times of crisis. It's not about taking those huge leaps. It's about taking, okay, what do we need to do today? 
what do we need to do in the next hour? What do we need to do this morning? What do we need to do this afternoon? And you break it down, you chunk it down into little bite-sized pieces. Because that is so it. much easier to do, right? And, well, and then just communicating that back, right? So I think that's key. It's, I think that's communication, key. Communication, it's got to be open. It's got to be transparent. So here's the call to action for everyone listening. There's a message that you've given your team and you probably think you've you've clearly articulated it. It's time to share it again. It's time to tell them why they're phenomenal, why they're amazing, what's the vision and the bigger picture is and who they need, who you see them as leaders. And anyone, you can do it to your peers. If you don't have direct reports, you can do it to the people that you work with and see how you can combine energy to be the best leaders possible. That's your call to action for today. I just, I'm, I'm so blown away, John, by this story and, uh, you know, helping people get to the next version of themselves. I think that's the close for today. Yeah. No, thank you, Heather. And, and your story too. I love that. It. It's just, it, it shows dedication and commitment to the people that we work with. They're no, you know, like I said, I hate the word subordinate. Don't use that word. But for, you know, the one thing I do want to mention, for those that are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs out there, there are teams that you work with as well. So you can do the same with them, right? Like if there's a bigger vision that you want to share with them, go out and share that vision with them. Re, you know, reinvigorate them with that vision of, in terms of what you want to do. Okay. All right. So that is it for today's episode. Remember, when you shift your mindset, you shift your life. Wishing you all an amazing Wednesday, and we'll be back on Friday. Take care, everybody.